Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm your co-host, Jeannie Rice, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is, what is today? Today is Friday, February the 5th, 2016, and our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue. We would love to hear your comments and your questions, because that makes this your show. If I sound like I'm a little out of breath, we just got back from picking up the food order, and I'm just walking in the house and going up the steps. Michael will be with us in just a minute. He is unloading the food out of the car. So I'll talk for just a few minutes and ah, bring you up to date. We are in day five of our intensive, and the energy is moving like crazy. We've had three or four people go into a healing crisis, a physical uh, processing of energies that don't belong, and coming out on the other side, which were, that's always a good thing to see people come to the other side of it. Um, We've been going through the uh, forgiveness sheet, still not quite finished with it yet, and lots of questions coming up, and so Michael's going to talk today about the forgiveness process and go into a little bit more detail on that. And so first, let me welcome Dr. Tim. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing quite well, thank you. I'm not out of breath. I am calm and in my office. I remember some of the hectic activity patterns that happen at an intensive, so my thoughts are with you. Breathe and relax. I thought I would share that uh, last last night we had our support group. And we often talk about it. People sometimes say, you know, I couldn't do a support group because, you know, I only had two or three people and we couldn't get it going. And Well, last night there was one other person and myself. And as we've talked about over the years, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm at least in my 10th year, if not working on the 11th. I don't know exactly how the, the timing goes, but I'm at least in my 10th year of doing this. And it happens time and again that often when only one or two people show up, it's some of the best, most intense processing. And last night somebody showed up and gave a testimonial about a worksheet he had done during the day that provided the kind of aha experience for him that when he told me about it, he looked 
10 years younger. He smiled. You could see the energy in him. You could see the shift in his perspective. And he's been working at this for, I don't know, two or three years, working at the tools. And every once in a while, if you're like most of us, if you pick up these tools, the reality management worksheet, the forgiveness, the ancient Aramaic forgiveness process, and you get better and better at applying it and realizing it's all an inside job, you get that intellectually. You can sit through a lecture or two and you can understand, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, if only there's ten people sitting at a table when uh, the waitress screws up an order and only two people get upset, well, the waitress's actions can't be the thing that has them upset because if that was, then everybody at the table would get upset. Oh, yeah, I get that. I understand that. So they must have brought that upset with them into the restaurant. Okay, that makes sense. And yet, when you have an experience in the middle of your life, when I'm up in my stuff and it's in my face and I can't quit thinking or obsessing about something that I should have done differently or that things shouldn't be the way they are and I apply a worksheet process to it and it shifts my perspective so radically that it takes my breath away and I feel like 50 or 150 pounds just dropped away from me, that's life-changing. And that was the kind of thing that this person was reporting in his worksheet from last night. He was reporting it last night. He did the worksheet earlier in the day because he'd gotten triggered to something. And I've had this. I shared with him, you know, and he's been around long enough to hear some of my worksheets where my perception of the events was altered so dramatically with one worksheet that it just stunned. It was stunning. And I sat there wondering, how could I have possibly looked at this any other way? And yet just moments before, I saw it completely differently. So we we advocate for this process. It's called forgiveness. It's the ancient Aramaic tool. It comes down to us through the Kabor's manuscript and um, Michael's work with a team of translators. And it also comes out of A Course in Miracles. And the process is relatively simple and completely counterintuitive. Put away everything you want. Drop all of your trifling treasures and put away everything you want. Cancel all your goals, and your life will get better. And I, I know it's crazy. It sounds crazy, and especially for those of us raised in this culture because we've been trained to go notice what we want, think about what we want, pray about what we want, focus on what we want, get dream boards about what we want, set goals about what we want, drive for what we want, stamp, trample over anybody who's in, our, in the way of what we want, and we're offering something completely different. And it's not Monty Python. We're offering cancel everything you want, especially when you're feeling anything less than love. If you learn to cancel the goals that are triggering the upset in your body to show itself to you, then you get direct access to the actual upset that's in your mind-body energy system. And if you have tools, you can apply the tools to that upset and remove it, and then your life gets better. Paradoxically, by canceling everything I want whenever I'm angry, sad, scared, hurt, or frustrated, I end up getting a better life. Rather than when I'm angry, sad, hurt, scared, or frustrated, forcing myself to try and push through to acquire what I want. 
which gives me more tension and more frustration and hides from me the fact that I'm actually the one creating my own upset. Instead, if I stop, if I take a breath, if I make my home in my awareness that my breath isn't really mine, that someone's breathing me, someone's seeing life through me, someone or something is living through me, and I don't even know how I get my body to walk across the room. If I just center in that and realize I don't know how to digest this food I just ate, I don't know how my heart keeps pumping all night while I'm asleep. I don't know how the stars stay where they are. And I breathe and realize there's a force of life that's beyond, completely beyond my logical, rational comprehension. In that moment, I come back to my center. And our offering in this work is that my center is the same as every other being on the planet, and that's the energy of creation or the energy of love. And when I come back to that center, it's like being in the eye of a storm or a hurricane. It's calm in there. And the view is completely different in there. And from that space, my perception is more clear. And what I need to do to extend the loving energy that I'm made of is instantly available to me. And when I extend the love I'm made of, the energy I'm made of in every situation with every person and everything, my relationship changes and my experience of life changes in that moment. And if I don't know how to do that with just taking a breath, if I'm still focused on all these thoughts that are racing around, I can pick up the reality management worksheet and step by step, it will. if I can read, it can show me how to lay out my thoughts and literally draw a map or a diagram that outlines for me how I'm creating the actual roadblocks to getting what I want out of life, which is health and happiness and wealth and good relationships. Because I'm blocking myself from getting those things by holding energies which are less than love, by holding anger, fear, sadness, and pain, and denying that I'm holding them. And when I deny and suppress something, my mind uses that energy to create pictures in my mind and convince me it's someone or something outside of me causing my pain. And if I don't know how to do that work, it's okay. Because there's a 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper with a bunch of words on it that if I can read and fill in the blanks and take a few deep breaths, it will step me through a process which is thousands of years old, the knowledge of which has existed on this planet probably since humans have existed. And it can help me dismantle the energies that don't belong in my system, restore me to the ability to have a direct conscious awareness of my true nature as love, and in that same moment, radically transform my view of the world and my experience life moment to moment. So, Dr. T, I think you were in our class this morning. <laughs> well, my, my my drone had a little trouble picking up the audio, but I did get all the video. Oh, good, good. Yeah, we. I mean, Michael quoted the Course in Miracles, the um, about the let go of all the things you think you want, your trifling treasures put away, and leave a clean and open space within your mind for Christ to come. That exact same verse that you were just talking about. 
he also gave the example of he asked, you know, who in the room knew how to lift their arm and, you know, explained to me how this and that fires and, you know, that we don't know how to do that. But And so that's exactly what you just described, too. I mean, it's it's great just like <laughs> Michael just said, great lines, minds think alike. And full seldom differ. <laughs> he says in full seldom differ, but we know that it's great minds. But, uh, yeah, everything you just said was what we went over in class this morning. That is awesome and right on track. And there was a lot of discussion about the canceling of the goal and, you know, if, um, you know, why would you cancel a goal for a, a child to be safe crossing the street? Or Oh, I'm hearing an echo. Oh, Michael, your phone's not muted. Um, there we go. So, uh you know, it's like these are good goals and they're awesome goals. And Michael gave the example of, of a mother sitting with a child who's dying and why would she cancel the goal for the child to live? And, you know, so there was just a lot of deep discussion about that. And uh, why would you cancel goals? And, and it's because, you know, we're creators. And if there's something in our world that we don't like that creation, you know, and there's something else that we do want, you know, why haven't we created what we really do want? It's because there is a part of us that is deeper and yelling louder the opposite of that, that we either don't deserve it or we can't have it or it's impossible. And then some of that's generational. And until we can dig down and get to that, then we can't have what our mouth is saying we want. And so that's what we were discussing this morning. And we do have a caller, but Michael's back with us. So let's welcome Michael first. Thank you, sweetie. And besides that being our whole discussion this morning, Tim, two minutes before the show started, we're driving in. I said to Jeannie, well, I think what I'm going to cover this morning is the canceling of goals, or this afternoon is the canceling of goals, because we haven't talked about that in a while, and, and, and realizing again this morning, because we've gone over it actually three times now, uh, and the difficulty of grasping that piece is just so huge. And so here's Tim talking about it. It's like, <laughs> how normal. Thank you, sir. <laughs> it's awesome. Sometimes you think there's only one of us doing this show. Well, they do say there is only one mind. Yes. If we're tapped into it, it is. It's absolutely true. So let's let's look at, before we go to our caller, just a little more depth on this canceling of a goal and why and how it works. And if you want to review this, and it's something that you can review 50 times and still build brain cells for understanding on a deeper level, you can go to our website, whyagain.org, scroll down the homepage a little bit, you'll see a bullseye. Click on the bullseye. It'll open a whole series of links. The fourth link down is a PowerPoint presentation. Click and watch that PowerPoint presentation. It's 24 minutes. It takes 35 years of work on forgiveness and puts it into 24 minutes and shows the logic and the reason for doing something as foolish as canceling a perfectly wonderful, healthy, normal, sweet goal. For instance, and and for people who are listening, when Jeannie talked about, well, but wait a minute, Michael, why why would I cancel the goal for my sick child to get well? Why would I cancel the goal for my sick child to live if somebody told me they were dying? Let's cancel that thought. Why would I do that? That just doesn't make any sense. Well, let's explore a little bit. If cancel the thought someone has a child that's got a life-threatening disease, I'd offer that 
the number one healer of that disease is not going to be a pill or a chemical or a pharmaceutical. What's going to bring healing to that child is someone who actually can truly stand in the space of active present love. And the parent who's in terror about the loss of a child, though they say, I love my child deeply, they are the state of terror for the child. And that doesn't support a child in healing. So if one has fear about death, then, you know, Job gives us a really powerful lesson. But 4,000 years ago, that which I feared most has come upon me. One who has fear about death comes a, an energetic supporter of death. Now, a parent would say, well, don't you dare say such a thing about me. I would never support my child. I, I didn't say that. What I said was, if you have fear about death, that which you fear is coming into your world. And with a sick child, the child does not need a parent in fear and terror of the child dying. What the child needs is a parent who can stand like a rock as the active space of love, holding to that space of love no matter what. And so when I, the, the core of the forgiveness process, when I cancel the goal for my child to be well, what happens is, it collapses my mind's preoccupation with the child. It allows me to go in and heal the parts of me that hold terror about what's going on with my child. Now, the parent is in tears and sadness with, with, with great caring for their child, but if there's terror there, then that terror is not the space that's going to bring healing to the child. So what happens, and it took me, folks, 30 years. I understand why forgiveness was disappeared from the planet. It took me 30 years of double, triple, full-time work working with this principle to understand. So when I cancel my goal, if I'm the parent, again, cancel that, but if I'm the parent and I cancel my goal for my child to live, what happens is I collapse my mind's preoccupation with the child and I get to drop into the part of me that holds terror. When I bring active love to my terror, my terror heals. And on the other side of that wake-up sheet, I've awakened from my terror, and I've come back to a space of present love. Now I stand as a healing space for my child. And there's a thousand percent better chance that my child is going to live and be healthy than for the parent who stands in fear and trembling about the death of a child. And it's so, as Dr. Tim said earlier, so counterintuitive to take a perfectly good goal like for my child to be well and cancel it. But, but it's not about my child. It's about my perception and my constructs. And if my constructs, come out of fear about the child, then I'm contributing to the child's demise. 
When I heal my fear, then as that space of love, I can now support my child in really processing whatever that disease is about, being free of it, and standing up and healing in an instant on the spot. So that may stimulate some brain cells for people. It's a difficult concept to understand. I know well because I spent so far about 35 years with the the Aramaic forgiveness process from the first century. But in the first 30 years, I saw it working, but I didn't know why or how it worked. And it took me that long to be taught to get to get past all my own beliefs, all the old stuff that the world had taught me, to be able to listen and hear, ah, this is what first century Aramaic forgiveness is. That's why the word shebag in Aramaic, which has been translated as cancel, is actually, the word is actually forgive. Or, or the translation is forgive. The word is actually cancel. And it has to do with Letting loose of the thing that drives my perception out of fear, hostility, grief, rage, sadness, hate, vengeance, whatever. And as I do that, I get to drop into the hidden part of my mind that holds those things. And when I bring love to the hidden part of my mind that holds those things, those things heal in me. i got a different game to play. Now I become literally the healer for my child rather than unconsciously energetically supporting disease and disorder. And it's a, it, the way that our culture has been structured, the way we've been taught, you know, it's, it's like everybody's been given the keys to the car and no instructions for using it. People jump up on the dash of the car, look out the rear view mirror or look out the, uh, the, the rear window and drive the car down the road and wonder why they crash. That's exactly how the mind works. And so, the way that I access what's hidden in my mind is through that forgiveness process. And it is just the most awesome gift and the most awesome blessing. And, you know, in 35 years of working with people and using it, as Dr. Tim says, it still just amazes me when people finally get it and they take that step of really canceling their goal and then watching what's under the surface and what they're able to drop into, be in touch with and heal is monumental. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to restore in particular. Now, we've got a whole series of tools that go along with it, but in particular to restore first century Aramaic forgiveness. And, of course, that tool is also a major focus in the laws of living intensive that we've got coming up. And if somebody's ready to take things to the next level, we still have a couple of spaces for the intensive that will start on the 18th of February. And we'll be moving into the laws of living are, here's a list, follow these rules. The laws of living are how to get into harmony with, into resonance with, the eternal forces that move in the universe. You know, I, uh, an engineer designs and builds an airplane that is 10 times heavier than air, and yet the airplane flies through the air. How does he do that? Does he break the law of gravity? No. He understands the law of gravity. He harmonizes with the law of gravity and flies an airplane. There are energetic forces in the universe for everything in our lives. There are energetic forces that will make our minds work properly. 
nuclear energetic forces that will make our emotions work properly, our bodies work properly, our genitals work properly, our our food processing work properly, our growing of food, our finances, our everything. There are energetic forces that if we violate them, we get hurt. We come into avoidable collision with the law and we get hurt and so many people are up there blaming God for oh well it's God's will oh well you know God punish you and that's all just a total fraud and fantasy of people who didn't understand how these eternal forces worked you know how many how many people tried to fly and got busted <laughs> did God say you're never going to fly I'm going to crash you to the ground no the first person who was able to harmonize with the law of gravity and create a force that opposed gravity was able to fly. Did God pound them into the soil because it wasn't they weren't supposed to do that? No. This is if you know understand how to harmonize with all of these eternal forces, things go well and you get to accomplish things. If you don't harmonize with the forces, you get bumped and banged and bruised around by avoidable collision with law. The law is never fractured. The law isn't touched. The law isn't damaged ever. You can't break an actual law. You either harmonize with it or you don't. And if you don't, you get broken. That's all. So that's what our 16-day laws of living is going to be about. It'll start on the 18th of February. We've got this awesome house here in um, Orlando, Florida. Absolutely beautiful, sunny weather. I think it's probably about 70 right now. Got a little cool overnight. Actually, it was down in the high 40s, so that was kind of unusual. But it was a really fresh morning this morning. We opened the house up and uh, let the air blow through. It got up into the 60s, and it was just absolutely beautiful. So if you're ready to uh, to take your work to the next level, come join us. We'll be uh, starting on the 18th of February. It'll be a 16-day Laws of Living Intensive. You can find information on the website. Get in touch if you want those last couple of spaces or one of them. And Jeannie tells me that she's got a caller, so let's say hello to our caller. 606, you're on the air. Pardon me, 602, you're on the air. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? Um, yeah, this is Angela from Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Angela. Welcome. Glad to hear your voice. How can we support you today? Thank you. Glad to hear yours. Well, I'm just going to uh, dive in here and say that I've been noticing some fear lately. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And I'm doing a liver gallbladder cleanse right now. Tonight I'm actually going to do the purging, you know, of any stones that are in here. Yeah, I love it. I really do love it. I really do. And the peace that you feel after that is really cool. Yes. um, Yeah, let it go of that load. Yeah, yeah. So I love doing that. And uh, one day I want to be able to support people in the way that you and Dr. Tim support people. I think it's beautiful. So I'm doing my work. And, um, well, how about tomorrow? How about starting tomorrow? Start tomorrow. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, start a support group. Invite a friend over, watch a video, do a worksheet. You've got a support group. You're doing what Dr. Tim and I do. That's how okay, I started. Cool. That's how Tim started. Take it and use it, and then if questions come up, if somebody says, well, what about how does this work? And you go, I don't have a clue, but I'll call the show tomorrow and ask, or you can call the show tomorrow, or we can both call the show, and let's ask and get the answer. That's what we're here for. So so don't wait to do it someday. Start one tomorrow. Invite a friend. Start it. That's the easy way to do it. Okay. That sounds good. Cool. Uh, Okay. (laughs) All right, cool. So um, great. All right. So your question was? I I think I threw you off. 
time like the present, you know? I know, right? Oh, God, that's hilarious. Yeah. So uh, I did some goal canceling this morning and some goal setting, and I've set just a few goals for myself, like to go to the post office and just a couple things that I wanted to do today. And the rest of it I put in the other column of, you know, turning over to the divine and not – I'm just kind of been chilling out a little lately because I've been noticing a lot and I don't want to go into overwhelm. Um, so, so, so you might want to take a you might want to take a quick look. You know, one of the things that what we call the non-being mind is an expert at is everything that it doesn't want, and by focusing on it and asking for it, it gets it. So when you say I don't want to go into overwhelm. Okay. You're passing an energy over your mind that says, what I need is overwhelm, or what I want is overwhelm. What do you oh. really want? If you shift into what you want, and it's a, it's a whole retraining process in this culture, because this culture is so focused on talking, about, oh, don't you ever talk to me like that again, kid. Oh, be careful, don't fall down the steps and break your neck. You know, exact and specific instructions for what we don't want. And the mind in, the, in this culture has been trained to do that. Retraining you into what do I really want? What would if 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 my non-being mind says I don't want overwhelm? What's the constructive goal that I want to ask for in order to achieve what I really want? Okay, and so that would be peace and uh, uh, to be. I want to be the active presence of love for awesome. anybody in my awareness. Mm, nice. Yay. Yeah. So yeah. you want to make that your focus as opposed to the overwhelm. And then what you'll do is you'll call in support from the universe, and there you'll be, being a space of peace and that conscious active space of love. What a gift to give the world, and what a gift to give yourself, your family. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I just it I, is. I am I am the active space of love, or just do things that – cultivate that within me yes. on a daily basis? Yes. Okay, and, cool. and if I find myself if I find myself in disturbance, you know, somebody does something and my mind wants to say that really disturbed my peace and my state of love, then I'd stop and recognize that by saying that caused something to happen inside of me, I'm in denial. And I've dissociated from the part of my mind that I need to heal. So I'd I'd look at what's the goal I hold for that person. Well, I wanted them to speak to me lovingly, gently, respectfully. Okay, then forgiveness would look like I cancel my goal for them to speak to me lovingly, gently, and respectfully. And what that will do is that will collapse the picture that my disturbance is about them. And then I get to drop into the deeper part of my mind where my disturbance is. I get there directly, and I bring love there, and I heal my disturbance. Mm-hmm. Okay. How cool is that? Very cool. So I did a worksheet at the office because you're around people. And so what does it take to be the active presence of love at the office uh, when there's a lot going on in the room? Are you pulling your attention away from that and just dropping into your heart? Well, if... If there are things going on in the room that seem to disturb your peace of mind, then in each case, 
whatever's going on in the room has violated some sort of a goal that you hold for it. Gee, you know, I want that person in the next cubicle that's speaking with such a loud voice to speak more quietly. I cancel mm-hmm. that goal for them to speak quietly. And when I do, it collapses my mind's belief that the upset's about them, and maybe I drop into, uh, you know, the time when I was three years of age and I was out there not realizing it's just loud and bolstering and, and somebody turned around and whacked me in the face. Oh, there's where my pain and disturbance is over people speaking loudly. It isn't the mm-hmm. person in the booth next to me. And as I do that, I get to drop into the different parts of my mind that hold sometimes generational issues that need to be cleaned up. And and each time I do that, I'm reclaiming my state of being as love and reclaiming and reclaiming it. And once I've really, truly reclaimed it, then nothing can disturb it. And if it can, then... I know that it's res- whatever it is, it's resonating something in me, and there's my next piece of work. So the universe okay. is always giving us the gift of what's my next piece of work. It's like, you know, it's like a custom design. If we hide from ourselves, the universe is going to send us somebody to kick us right in the limitation to give us mm-hmm. that opportunity to heal that part that we're hiding so that we don't have to destroy ourselves with those disease energies. Yeah, so I knew exactly where I am is perfect. So I have the worksheet pulled up, your online one that's linked to your old website, and I've just been—I'll right. just continue to use that throughout the day. Right when the disturbance comes up at the office, I'll switch over and and do the worksheet. Perfect. Uh, does that, awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, and then and if I just, uh huh. I was going to say, and we even have people who do support groups in the office with people in the office. Okay. Yeah, it is. Um, Okay. So if I just every day do that, I don't have to worry about or think about what my next move is. I'll just be moved by the divine? Absolutely. If you have no interrupting energy internally. It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, the way we started the show. Literally, two minutes before the my alarm went off for the show, I said to Jeannie, you know, with the big discussion we had this morning on canceling the goal, I think we need to go over that again. And, Doc, you know, I was busy unloading, uh, you know, uh, salad fixings and such for the intensive, and Dr. Tim starts the show, and where does he go? He's guided exactly where, and, and I'm, you know, it's like, there is one mind, and if we tap into it, then we literally know what will take us forward anywhere in the universe that we think about or go. Because, and, and if you listen to the physicists, the physicists today are telling us that every molecule in the universe is in continuous communication with every other molecule in the universe. But if I'm stuck in my mind and my mind's shooting off this and shooting off that and shooting off my mouth about this and there's a disturbance about that, I can't be in touch with that total guidance system. And we're meant to be in communication through our whole energy field, not just through our minds. And then we're automatically guided and moved to exactly where we need to be, sometimes in surprising ways. And I'll recognize those things because they'll just feel like the next natural step 
exactly. You'll know. When you, okay. you know, if 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 I like a food, I like or I I know I like the food because I've eaten it and I know it. You know, I know its energy. I know its taste. Something that's new, I might not know that yet, so I might be a little bit hesitant about it. As I listen to and trust my intuition, I will know when it's accurate. I will know when it's on track. And and it's one of the highest faculties that there is. You know, if you listen to Einstein, as a physicist and as probably one of the greatest physicists of all time, Einstein says intuition is more important than knowledge. And his work was done. The other, that's one of the spiritual faculties. One of the, the five smooth stones of David is intuition. And the other one is imagination. Now, there'll be so-called scientists out there who will say, oh, there's no proof there's any such thing as intuition. and Imagination is nothing but fantasy. Excuse me. Albert Einstein said that imagination was the most important faculty that he had. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that. You know, Einstein didn't have a lab. He's in Nazi Germany. He was a Jew. He couldn't do experiments. He, how did Einstein do relativity? How did he come up with that? You know where he did it? He did it all in his imagination. He didn't have a lab to do experiments in. And then it was actually, if I remember correctly, I think it was an Australian scientist and a U.S. scientist that got together and actually carried out the experiments and proved what he had done in his imagination. They're faculties that all of us have. Now, kings don't want you to know you got that faculty because you'll go from direct guidance, and that means you won't be a good slave for the king. So kings, anybody that comes along is doing that, they try to wipe them out. Fortunately, I think it's now getting strong enough. It's too late. They can't do it anymore. It's been done for centuries, but, uh, you know, it's it's becoming critical mass, and uh, I think it's too late for the kings to uh, keep control, keep the, you know, the jack-in-the-box lid down. So fortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, when it comes to the intuition thing, um, I think there have been times when I thought I was following it and then something happened. So the answer would be a worksheet around that. Yes, and I may have been following it perfectly. I may have been following my intuition perfectly, and my intuition may lead me to the place where I get to do my next piece of work, which looks like, oh, this isn't working. But actually, Mm -hmm. when I'm showing what my next piece of work is, it's working perfectly because now I get to go, oh, I didn't know I had this, this resistance or this rage or this fear or this sadness or this grief. And listening to my guidance, I'm led into something that gives me the feedback that shows me my next piece of work, and that's awesome. Okay. And then the last little piece that I feel coming up is that uh, the little part that I've been through a lot in my life, and I know it was an accelerated path to get me to where I am now. Right. Um, and so um I hear people talk about more ease and thinking I would like to have a love relationship where we're doing something similar to what you and Jeannie are doing, just up, uplifting. And I don't want to force that, but uh, there's a part of me that obviously does because I just said don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> good catch. That's it. That's Thanks. a speech. That's a nice catch. Very good. Thank you. Okay. All right. So uh, 
worksheet. All right, hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Go for it, Tim. Go for it. That was a good catch, and now what do you do with it? Exactly. There's a a set of worksheets on, I cancel my need or my goal to pressure this to happen. Mm. Yep. So so the regulatory speech is a powerful tool because it shows me what I need to work on. But if I say, oh, yeah, I I caught that, I changed those words, okay, I'm done, then I've just buried what I need to work on. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's a a good thing to catch the words and change the words, and every time I do that, it also shows me exactly where a mind shifter or a worksheet would be perfect for me in the moment because that's what's up. That's what's coming out of my mouth, showing me what's active in my unconscious in the moment. Mm -hmm. And as long as I have the floor, I'll just add, the other thing about this intuition piece that really helped me move several levels was when I, I, I was helped to understand that when I get an urge to do something, that's one thing. And when I feel completely calm and centered, that's my intuition. So mm-hmm. if I think I've got an intuition about something, but I'm kind of, I don't know, geez, I don't, and I'm, I'm wrestling with the thought, that's not my intuition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, that's great. I've heard that something similar to that recently. Okay. Cool. Sweet. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Thank so you. So the next thing yeah. I would, the next thing I would okay. invite you to do once you've done that worksheet that Dr. Tim's talking about, is mm-hmm. now create yourself a vision of what that ideal relationship would be like and allow yourself to create a field where you can feel being in that space with that kind of support and caring and doing the work together. What would it take? What kind of support would I need? What would I need to do? What would this, What would the attributes of this person be? Because we are always through resonance drawing people to us and If there are parts of us that we are not cognizant of, and they may be parts that are not the highest and best, then those parts, too, will show up in our relationship. When those parts show up, then they'll come up. And when they come up, I get to forgive them. Or as I'm creating the visual of what this would look like, what it would feel like, what would it sound like, what would it smell like, as I create a full sensory experience, then any blocks or any negative aspects in me that might draw negative results, I can surface, I can forgive, I can work through them. And then resonance has to bring you what you're asking for. That's the law. You know, if you go back into the the Old Testament, which is simply about physics and how human life and creativity work, it's not about theology, you hear the creator speaking to humans. And the creator says, of the works of my hands, command ye me. If you consciously, purposely look at the attributes you will have, the attributes this person will have, and how they will harmonize, then your asking will be conscious. If you leave it to, oh, well, I sure hope a great relationship shows up, then what happens is everything in your relationship file starts to vibrate, starts to move, and you'll draw somebody who matches that, the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you clean the ugly up in advance, then 
there's less likelihood you're going to have to play in that realm as you develop and, and create that relationship. And so as I'm so visualizing... Okay, thank you. Thank you. And so visualize as I'm visualizing, every aspect of it. And then notice if any little thoughts pop in or any it stirs up anything that says, ooh, that makes me nervous or something. Yeah. Or, ooh, yes. that's I'm asking too much or that kind of stuff. Exactly. And, of course, we do know that nothing can make us nervous, but if there's nervousness in there, anything can bring it up. So, ah, here's something. When I think about this in a relationship, I have some nervousness to heal. I, gee, there must be some fear under here. I think I'll forgive my fear so I don't have to create out of that. You know, when, when you hear Yeshua, you hear that statement from the Old Testament of, of the works of my hands command you me, and then you hear Yeshua shortens it to three words that not even a Philadelphia lawyer can misinterpret. He says, ask and you receive. And I use an example. In fact, I did this example in the workshop this morning. It's okay, folks. I'm going to lay out a table, and on the table I'm going to put enough frogs for everybody to pick one up. I want you in your mind's eye to reach out to the table and pick up a frog investigate it really carefully, smell it, look at it from every angle, and then describe your frog for me. So everybody says, oh, it's a little green thing. It's got floppy skin. It's got bulging eyes. It's got suction cups for feet. It's green. It's slimy, blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to touch it. And then I inform everyone that as I was inviting them to pick up a frog, I put enough frogs in my mind's eye on the table for each person to have one. That is, I put... Uh, enough three by three by three styrofoam cubes, they're called frogs, florists use them to arrange flowers. But each person in the room could only reach for what resonated or fired in them. And so each person picked up or, or the power in them that acts in the universe for us brings forward what fires or resonates enough. So if I say I want wonderful relationship but gee there's a, a generational pattern that goes back three or four generations of relationship ending in strife and divorce then when I say wonderful relationship I'm literally sending out an energy of the, of the works of my hands command me me. I'm saying to the creator, creator send me a relationship that will have strife, strife, strife and divorce. And that energy will be part of my asking and part of the resonance that draws somebody into me. So as I visualize and look at all of the aspects of what I'm asking for in relationship, and I'm breathing and I'm in touch with myself, and, and all of a sudden I get this niggling that comes up of fear of divorce. And I look at that and I do a worksheet around that, and I'm able to drop into the part of my genes that goes back three generations where strife and divorce ruled the day. And I get to forgive that. And now I'm not sending out the vibration, the energy of strife and divorce. I'm sending out a clear, this is just going to be an awesome, sweet space that I'll create with someone that we'll just have a delightful life together and do the real work of bringing healing to ourselves, each other, and the planet and how cool is that? But I need to keep cleaning up the parts of my mind because it is amazing in what kind of detail one can hold things hidden from themselves and they show up. You look in the book of Romans and it talks about, and again, this is just about how life works. It's not about theology. But in Romans they say nothing will remain hidden 
everything will be made known in the light of day. The reason for that is because that's how the universe set the game up. Everything will, it's all going to come out in the wash. And so when I'm willing to have it come out by, through forgiveness and reaching inside myself and clearing it out of my field and then putting in conscious purpose energy around that, purposeful energy around that, then I don't have to draw it and live it out in my life. I'm going to go digest that and uh, definitely listen to this again and do some work. Cool. Two or three listens to the show might be helpful. You can process layers of it and go back and give it a listen again. There are probably other layers, and uh, we've, we've covered a lot of information pretty quickly. Absolutely. Thank you both. Hey. Thank you, Gene. Thank you, everybody. All right. Blessings. Appreciate having the call. It's fabulous. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. So we've got about 11 minutes left. Any other thoughts in that regard, Tim? Well, as you just said, I think you covered it very well, and I was having the same thought that I want to go back and listen to this show again. It's packed, absolutely packed. What fun. You know, I I just, I I feel so blessed that, um, that I get to do this as a way to make my way through the world. How awesome. And, of course, there are lots of people who came in to do this, and then they got caught up in, in other things. So for anybody, if it's your work to do, get on board, start a support group, go to work. And uh, it's it's just the most amazing, amazing way to live, uh, to, to be focused in it and to, uh, to stick with it. I, I, I recognize in myself that uh, I would have given this up years ago if I hadn't become a teacher of it. It's interesting. It was fun. But... I'd have never gone to the depth that I've gone if I'd have been off, you know, doing something else in the world, something the king wanted me to do, like making money and paying for his wars or what have you. I'd have never kept up with this. And so if it's your work to do, as this young lady just shared with us, feeling like she's ready to do that, great, that's what we're here to support. We're here to take this to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. And, of course, Tim and Jeannie and I and Rex and all the people who play, we're not going to reach 7.5 billion people ourselves it's going to take others to say, this is my work to do, and I'm going to support and assist it in moving forward. And so if you feel inclined to support it, start a support group. If if that's not your thing, then, you know, maybe there's a project that we need to have done that you could take on as part of this. It's so huge. There's so much on the plate. Uh, there are all kinds of arenas we can do support and assistance with, from Heartland, you know, uh, things that are going on with rebuilding buildings and fixing things and moving things forward to to teaching, to computer work. And, of course, there's always that old standby because uh, it, it all takes finances to do. Uh, to, you know, if, if there's you want to support it, then go to the website. There's a donate button. Hit the donate button and donate and support it. There are some people who, who do a monthly, you know, automatic on a credit card just to support the work. And if it supports you, then... Think about what you would like to do to assist and support it, and who knows, uh, you may become one of those teachers that takes it out and helps to get it to every mind, heart, and being on the planet. I know Susan Darnell, I've been talking with her, and she's just been overjoyed and thrilled with her Laws of Living class and how it's gone. I think she just completed uh, Monday night, I think. 
was her last class in her eight-week series. And uh, I don't have the date yet, but the last time we talked, she was saying she's getting ready to schedule her next one. So she's she's on a roll. Uh, and, uh, and the impact she's having in Wilmington, I know she had me look at a couple of people's evaluation scores, and uh, the work she's doing with them is just monumental. And um, when she came to Heartland four years ago, uh, she was doing her livelihood by cleaning houses. And she's now, she's in her, she's getting ready for her fifth Laws of Living class. She's created an income flow stream uh, through teaching, and she's working with people one-on-one and uh, doing worksheets with people and supporting them with the use of the tools, uh, doing still point breathing. And, uh, you know, it's just awesome to watch somebody who takes it and moves it with, uh, with determination. And uh, so we're here to support you if that's your thing to do. And of course, if you're, if you're, you know, the, the core thing that um, Susan's doing is uh, laws of living, and that's the intensive that we've got starting. And in order to teach laws of living, you go through it once, and then a second time, you're uh, you're open to teaching it. And uh, so, if you're if you're ready to get on board and do that, then the 18th of February is our starting date. And uh, I think we've got I don't have it in front of me, but I think we've got still two spaces sitting wide open. So we'd love to have you here. Jeannie, anybody else with a hand up or anything happening in the chat room? Well, the only thing that I, I no, nobody has any um, questions in the chat room or hands up, but uh, I would offer to Angela, if you go to the website, whiteagain.org, um, and click on healing, then underneath that you'll see Mind Shifter Support Groups. And there's actually guides under there. Uh, there's just lots of information. There's uh, testimonials from other people who have done groups. There's just some, you know, suggestions for how to run a support group. There's just all kinds of things out there. So you can read up on that and get some information. And like Dr. Tim said, you know, he had last night just him and one other person. And so consistency is a big part because if people, you know, if you're there one time, uh, you know, say you set it up on Tuesdays and you're there one Tuesday, but you're not the next or whatever, then, you know, that's where you'll start losing people. But as long as you're consistent, even if it's just you and another person, you know, keep going with it and then it will grow. I mean, Dr. Tim is now up to doing two a week. So it's uh, amazing what you can do and you build your own support, you know, to help you as you're facilitating. They're helping you do your process as well. So, Jeannie, I echo that, and before we run out of time, I wanted to ask, is there a specific link for the Jim Farmer shows where he was talking about the tremendous progress he made in his relationship with his son? Did You, you know, pull I don't those think out? there is, but I need to do that. Yeah, I should pull those out. Good I idea. Had somebody, I had somebody today who was um, asking about that because they have a a relationship dynamic between an adult child and a parent that they'd like to use these tools for, and they're not sure these tools will help them. And I said, well, i got a testimonial for you if I can find it on the Internet show. So if anybody knows what those dates were, if they could send us an email or call in the show uh, on Monday and let us know, that would be greatly appreciated. I think it was two or three shows, wasn't it, Michael? Over the period of two or three shows that he talked about his process. Yes, yes, there were several shows that uh, 
where, you know, he was talking and he started out talking about uh, his estrangement from his son for 20 years and the rage and the pain. And then, uh, well, if, if I get the, if I get the dates of those shows, I'll be happy to edit them down to where there's just one file that has Jim's testimonials on it. Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be fabulous. And I'm looking right now to see if I have, um, in a text from Jim, let's see here. Jeannie, is there anybody else with a hand up? And I'm going to look. I think I might have. No. Uh, a, no. Okay. Well, we're down to about three minutes. So if anybody has a question for us, we could probably address one more question. Three three six. Three three six. You're on the air. What's the name? Where are you calling from? Hi, it's Tracy. I'm wondering if there are also um, shows that pertain to healing um, dis-ease and, like, the conversation about the, the mom and child. I got a lot out of that for my own uh, healing that I'm dealing with, with my eyesight and my thyroid issues. And so I was wondering if there were any shows in the archive that are particular to um, using the worksheet process on your own healing and your own, you know, canceling the goal of being well and restored to perfect health seems so insane, but I got a lot out of listening today, and I'm wondering if there are other shows um, in the archive. Yeah, there are, but we're here. Um, let me see. Uh, perhaps... You might find uh, listening, to, and these ones are separated. Uh, Dr. Tim actually edited a couple of uh, Michael Coughlin shows. And Michael was a military guy who was a uh, retired military and showed up at Heartland in a wheelchair and six weeks later was jogging up the hill. It was his, wow. his second summer at Heartland. And, uh, uh, you know, they told they they had just before he came to Heartland, and he was on five methadone a day in order to handle his pain. And, you know, it would take him literally two and a half minutes to walk across the room with his walker. And he was jogging. He was actually helping us dig some holes. We had a problem with the water system. And just a few weeks later, Michael's out there digging holes. In the, and the Ozark earth is not easy to dig in. He's digging holes and fixing the water pipes. And, you know, I mean, he just so you might want to give a listen to uh, to that show. And okay. you'll find that one if you go to the, the bullseye. Mm-hmm. And uh, click on it, and I think it's maybe the fifth link down, Gene, do you remember? But anyway, you'll see there's some shows with Terry um, Bowling, and they're more about relationship healing, where he went through some heavy-duty stuff. And then uh, Michael Coughlin, and he talks about both his his uh, relationship uh, issues, where he's cleaned that up, and also um, uh, the physical aspect of it. So, <clears throat> okay. And of course... So, and any questions, you know, any refinements uh, that develop out of your listening, please call us and and put the question out there. That's what we're here to do. Okay, thank you. Cool, delighted. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We are in deep appreciation for your participation, for your questions. They really do open the space for the show. And we invite you to create the best year yet of your eternal life. It's an awesome gift to give the world. Blessings. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice and his wife Jeannie, who present 
six-step internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. 